0: Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I have said for a long time now that there is a way in this country that holds leaders and politicians accountable. And it is the best way that we have to make needed changes. This system of power is called an election. <laughs> Many don't use this very powerful tool that we've been given. In our, in our country, only, only a few really use this to make changes. in In the county in which this podcast originates, in this last election, last Tuesday, only a third of the registered voters actually voted. Now, I'm not talking about total population. I'm saying that only a third of the registered voters that are registered to vote, right, actually took the time to vote. How different could things be if more conservative voters actually cast a ballot. Well, I'm not going to go off on that today. But with that said, though, in last Tuesday's election, things could not have gone much better across the country. Two deeply Democratic states were having gubernatorial elections. Most did not give much of a chance to either Republican candidate. In fact, the Republican candidate in New Jersey was not even given almost any campaign contributions from the National Party. As the election got closer, though, the polls in Virginia started to show an ever-tightening race when it came to the gubernatorial race. And, And this scared the Democrats tremendously, and they soon went into full panic mode. They sent everyone and anyone that would go to Virginia to try to help the Democratic candidates there. Former President Barack Obama went there, current President Biden made an appearance, and even our esteemed Vice President Kamala Harris took time out of, you know, her making her cringy children's videos and showed her face in the state. This did not seem to help though, as the election went very, very poorly for the Democratic Party new jersey republican gubernatorial candidate uh, jack uh, catarelli came within just a couple points of knocking off the state's incumbent democratic governor phil murphy in a state that biden actually won by nearly 16 points less than a year ago now democrats also suffered catastrophic losses in virginia on on tuesday night as as the state's uh, governorship, attorney general, and lieutenant governorship all flipped from Democrat to Republican. Republicans also ended Democratics, uh, D- Democrat control of the House of Delegates in the state, winning at a minimum uh, enough seats to to tie. And with there's some reports right now uh, that that say that it looks like they may have picked up. Uh, two seats, a uh, two seat majority there. Now, there's some really, really cool stories that have come out, and of course, you, you know, you heard about the, the Virginia governor uh winning there, uh, Yunkin, and and that is just such an awesome story. Um, but there's that, that's not the only one. Virginia lieutenant governor elect Winsome Sears, a Republican, praised uh, the opportunities afforded to her by the U.S when she came to the country at just six years old as an immigrant from Jamaica, saying that she was living the American dream. Sears, who's a a veteran of the U.S. uh, military, uh, she was in the U.S. Marine Corps, won her election on Tuesday evening to become the first black woman elected to a statewide office in Virginia. How cool is that? She said, quote, I am at a loss for words for the first time in my life, and she said, "So I'm here because of you. I'm here because you voted for me, and I'm here because you put your trust in me. That's the only reason I'm here. Thank you." She also went on to say that uh, she says, I, "I say to you, there are some some who want to divide us, and we want and we must not let that happen." She said. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when when my father came. We can can live uh, where we want. We can eat what we want. We can own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once, but twice. And here I am living proof. In case you haven't noticed, I'm black and i have been black all my life. <laughs> she, she did go on to say about that though too. She said, "But that's not what it's about. What we are going to do is we are going to now be about the business of the commonwealth." She continued by saying, "We have things to to tend to. We are going to fully fund our historical black colleges and universities. We're going to hear from the, your your governor elect Glenn Youngkin and he's He's got a a day one plan that I'm already tired about. <laughs> I I don't know how we're gonna make it to day two, but he's gonna make sure we keep more of our money in our pockets, and because he's going to get rid of all kinds of taxes, we're gonna be we're gonna ha- we're gonna have safer neighborhoods, safer communities, and our children are going to get a good education because. Election lifted my father out of, education lifted my father out of poverty, and education lifted me out of poverty, and education will lift us all out of poverty, because we must have marketable skills so that our children cannot just survive, but they will thrive, and they will create a generational wealth. That's what this is about. Man, you know it is so interesting um, when when you look into some of these um, stories that um, that are just so motivating. There's are so neat to see from the uh, the election that happened last Tuesday. Sears was not the only great story of the election. There were many more. Uh, Virginia elected a new attorney general, um, and and his name is Jason uh, Myra. Myra's, Myres. Uh, and, and and I know I'm I'm probably slaughtering his name I but but it, it, again is just a neat neat story. Um, Drew Wilder, a of NBC Washington, noted Attorney General uh, elect Jason Myers, uh says uh, he and Governor elect Yunkin will look to change Virginia law to allow the AG. Um, authority to step in when local officials feel the Commonwealth's attorney, uh, attorney is not doing an adequate job. Myra Ellis um, uh, specifically refers um, to the Northern Virginia part. He, he added that the AG-elect Jason Myra says that he he's, he intends to investigate uh, the sexual assault incident in Loudoun County. Um, and and of the Loudoun County public school system that, you know, if, if you don't know about that, we did a podcast on that not long ago uh, where a a girl was raped in the bathroom by a boy wearing a dress. And, uh, and then of course the public school system there tried to cover it up. And not only did they try to cover it up, but then when the dad came uh, to a school board meeting, then uh, he was arrested uh, before he could speak uh, in front of them. Uh, when, now, when I, uh, the uh, what, one of our major uh, l- legislative initiatives, which well, we uh, had talked about uh, on the campaign trail, is what uh, this, this is. This is what uh, Morales is is saying. Um, says uh, that uh, that right now the way it works is if a sitting Commonwealth attorney requests it. So, in other, in other words, to step in and to try to take over for an attorney that's not doing his job, uh, they, they if they request it, that they can come in and step in. But if they if they don't request it, like in this case, then they can't step in. Well, they're going to change that. So, they're going to make some awesome changes to the way that they do their judicial system there. And it says, and I'm thinking specifically some of the so-called social justice Commonwealth attorneys that have been elected particularly in Northern Virginia we obviously are aware of some pretty horrific cases that have made the public where you know they failed to do their job and if there's anything that I want to bring back to the forefront in this process are the victims i can tell you as a former prosecutor that individuals that 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 you remember are are the victims i don't remember the defendants as much And so that's been a little bit of my frustration that I have seen. The victims have been forgotten. And when prosecutors are making plea deals on child rape cases over the objection of the family, I have a serious problem with that. And that's exactly what he was talking about. So, you know, these are all really good things that are happening here. Uh, And again, not the only story. Another Virginia State Senate victory, uh, courtesy of the Republican Edward Durr, in what prior to the election day seemed like an impossible task, a blue-collar truck driver who spent only $153 of his own money, most of it on Dunkin' Donuts and campaign flyers, on his bid to defeat long-term New Jersey State Senate leader Steve Sweeney, who was a Democrat. Now, Sweeney has been a powerful voice in the, the state Senate since his election in 2004, becoming the president in 2010. So he's been there a long time. They, they say that he's probably the, the second most powerful man in the state when it comes, you know, politically, and just not somebody that you thought would ever go down. But the New Jersey truck driver who has the 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 most basic of campaign websites and, and who's Main or really his sole campaign ad was filmed using a smartphone and showed his 18-wheeler and his Harley Davidson motorcycle in the background. Uh, up upended this the, the the politics in the state of New Jersey with just an amazing story. Unfortunately for for all of us, you know, still basking in the glow of of the Virginia red wave, Durr's story just keeps getting better. Um, NJ.com uh, did a profile on Durr in which he dropped some more simple pearls of wisdom regarding his campaign to defeat Sweeney, including this absolute mic drop of a quote, comparing his race and and the state to to that of a 1964 Mustang that needs a, a little TLC. <laughs> I love that. Durr, who, who is a father of three and a grandfather of six, told NJ.com that, that Sweeney's power did not scare him. Quote, I don't know if I truly am fearless or stupid, <laughs> because who in their right mind would take on a person with that kind of power and that kind of clout? Dur actually told the the news outlet uh, at, you know, this this very statement, adding that that Sweeney's high position in state government did he says it just did not scare me, uh, and 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 that's the kind of um, that's the kind of attitude we need. Uh, we need people that will run that aren't scared to run just because somebody is in a powerful position. He also told them that he joked with friends about defeating Sweeney, but knew that the odds were long. And he he did it anyway. He quote, what chance did a person like me really stand against this man? He he wondered to himself. And and, and again, according to NJ.com, he says he he's literally the second most powerful person in the in, in the state of New Jersey well not for much longer thanks to this this improbable political campaign of of one edward durr and uh, and, and and someone who who just knocked on doors and ran the type of apparently successful grassroots operation in in between his grueling truck routes and and that maybe maybe seasoned political veterans like like sweeney are now wishing they had this kind of thing, right? Because this is, this is a wave. This is something that we're, this election on Tuesday was definitely like a thermometer. Where are we nine months or nine and a half months after the last presidential election? And I think you're, I think we're seeing something that, that uh, we've hoped we would see, um, coming because this is what we're we're starting to see. We're starting to see people that had nothing no interest whatsoever in politics who just went on with their day and 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 their jobs and and their families and and now they're starting to see things that they just looked the other way before at. Now here's here's uh, Durr he he says here he says unlike Joe Biden Durr admits he didn't know what he, what he doesn't know he he doesn't pretend to know anything or be everything but he does w- want to be a voice for the people so they know someone is actually listening how honest and refreshing is that dur who previously ran for office a couple of years ago uh said that that he was motivated to run against Sweeney this year after he was denied a concealed carry permit Here, here's here's his quote he says I was told flat out by the local sheriff, "Don't even bother," and that kind of angered me. He said, "He says I've been, I, I've never been arrested. I couldn't get a concealed carry. That really angered me." He says. So I looked into what can you do to get into politics, and here he is. So there, there was more, there was more news than just Dur and, and and Sears. Actually, out of Texas, a Texas school board uh, election there. Voters uh, dealt a decisive blow to advocates of school diversity plan in South Lake, Texas on Tuesday, electing a third straight school board member on promises to reject the plan and fight critical race theory, inspired doctrine in the school system. Andrew Yeager, a, a regional ad sales executive for NBC Universal, uh, owned uh, TV stations beat former teacher Stephanie Williams for a spot on the Carroll Independent School District Board. He received 65% of roughly the 9,400 votes um, cast. And, and Williams, who campaigned in support of the diversity plan, received only 34% of the vote. Yeager runs, um, what what his run was backed by the Southlake Families Pack. So it's it's a conservative group funding candidates for school boards uh, who oppose the diversity plan and the plan that the group says includes some of the most extreme liberal positions in in the history of Texas public education now Yeager's victory gives opponents of the diversity plan and critical race theory a a 4-3 four, four, advantage on the school board the result of a of a debate that was uh, roiled with with within the the community of South Lake for uh, for about oh at least a year or so now, in May Republicans swept a a host of local elections uh, as residents motivated over the rise of critical race theory related issues in in the school system rose up in opposition to the school administrators pushing the diversity plan. But one one of the best feel good stories of last Tuesday's election. Was was uh, Nicholas Sepp, uh, Seppi? He he he's a 19-year-old high school graduate whose senior year was heavily disrupted by his school's uh, COVID-19 policies, um, and, and he decided to run against one of the school members responsible. And guess what? He won. <laughs> the College Fix reported that uh, Seppi, who uh, graduated from Egg Harbor uh, Township High School, in New Jersey last year de- defe- uh, defeated Terry uh, Alabarta on a township's school board uh, by an overwhelming 17-point margin. With 100% of the precincts reporting as of uh, this last Wednesday afternoon, Seppi had received over 4,000 votes, whereas his opponent, just a little over 2,800. The outlet uh, reported that after initially closing their doors In March of 2020, Eglin Harbor Township School District forced most of its students into entirely online learning, or there were some hybrid learning models as well, uh, with limited components of in person instruction for most of the 2020 2021 school year. Now, Seppi told The Fix in a statement that the school uh, shutdown uh, that disrupted his senior year was was just awful and motivated him to run out of a desire. To serve in his community and and give his parents uh and give give parents not just his parents but give parents a voice in the district. Seppi told the outlet that as a school member remember, he wanted to expand civics education and increase vocational training opportunities for the township students. And according to the fix uh, he he said that the election platform um, also focused on on pledging to represent the students' best interests as well, again, isn't that interesting that <laughs> that somebody would focus on the student's best interest? Well, you know, I I think some of the best analysis of this uh, election came from Ben Shapiro, uh, and he said this. He said this week reality struck back against Democratic electoral uh, utopianism. Since 2012, Democrats have been convinced. That a new, durable, near unbeatable political coalition was in the making. A coalition largely comprised of college educated white voters, women, younger Americans, and racial minorities. This coalition would overtake the shrinking old white majority and win victory after victory. As uh, Rui uh, Texera and John Halpin wrote uh, for the Center for American Progress in the aftermath of the Obama re-election, Obama's strong progressive majority built on a multi-rational, multi-ethnic, cross-class co- coalition in support of uh, of an activist is real and growing, and it reflects the face and beliefs of the United States in the early parts of the 21st century. <laughs> While well, CAP called this new strategy the um culmination of a decades long project to build an ele- electorally uh, viable and ideologically coherent uh, progressive coalition in national politics. So in other words they they think that these 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 liberal politicians are thinking that these coalitions are now built together to to make a way for just basically an unbeatable team when it comes to their side. Ever since 2012, Democrats have been chasing uh, this kind of thing. Instead of seeing Obama's 2012 victory as a testament to Obama's unique political skill, they have doubled down on that on this CAP strategy. Um, more, more progressivism, more race-based politics. And, and and when the strategy failed in 2016, they chalked it up to Russian election interference and Facebook propaganda. When Joe Biden won election in 2020, they announced that their strategy had been vindicated, even though the election was rather obviously a referendum on former President Donald Trump's personality, not proof of their strategic brilliance. And so Democrats misread the tea leaves. Biden was elected to, to do two things. He, he, to, to be not Trump, right? And restore a sense of moderation, I guess, and stability to the White House. And he was successful in the first, maybe because nobody's Trump. <laughs> but he has utterly failed on the second. That's because Biden rejected the central premise of his own candidacy calling for more social spending than than any president in history, abandoning Afghanistan to the Taliban for no apparent geostrategic reason, Uh, embracing the the radical language of anti-racist activists, Uh, cramming down the restrictive COVID-19 policies via the administrative state and characterizing his opponents as bigots. And, you know, January 6th, um, adjacent domestic terrorists, uh, Biden mini like Terry McAuliffe in, in Virginia have just simply imitated that strategy. And the result, predictably, was disaster. Not just in Virginia, but across the country. In Virginia, a a, a state Biden won by 10 points. McAuliffe went down in flames. And a black female Republican, of course, a, a, as we just talked about, became a lieutenant governor. A, a a Cuban American became an Attorney General, and the GOP took the House of Delegates in in New Jersey. A, a n- no name candidate ran dead even with media, uh, you know, f- Democratic Governor Phil Murphy in in Buffalo, in New York. Senator Chuck Schumer endorsed candidate uh, Democratic Socialist uh, India Wal- uh, Walton, and uh, and that imploded. Against a write-in candidate in in Minneapolis, the uh, the defend the uh, defund the police movement uh, shattered on the rocks of reality, with voters overwhelmingly rejecting and dismantling the, the the police department in New York City. Eric Adams became mayor and quickly pledged to work with new Republican city council members. Now Democrats have have a choice; they can either tack back to the center stop pushing a Build Back Better grab bag of spending that is unpopular and unnecessary, or they can push forward. They can stop pressing the language of the 1619 Project in public school education, or they can you know, demand that parents shut up. They can double down on progressivism or try to find a Clintonian third way. And right now, it looks like they'll embrace more cowbell. <laughs> the The media and and Democratic response to Virginia seems to be more spending, more labeling parent parental uh, opposition as racism or as racist uh, radicalism, uh, homophobic. Uh, more jabbering about Trump and January sixth to dist- to distract from their own failures. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Uh, we'll, We'll see how it works out for them. But for Democrats, a serious appraisal of the political landscape, an appraisal that might end with the realistic assessment that Obama's coalition is not inevitable, that there are swing voters in America, that policy ought to be directed toward every voter, might just be too difficult for them. Better to live in a fantasy world in which Obama is president forever, (laughs) his his coalition is durable and stable, and more progressivism is always the answer. But 2022 is coming, and the fantasy will meet reality once again uh, for the Democratic Party, committed to a fundamental untruth about American politics. And, you know, this definitely appears to be. True, as as President Joe Biden uh, said last Wednesday, he, he said that it really wasn't he, what what this really wasn't about him. This this wasn't on on him that uh, that his party lost. But Biden struggled uh, and suggested that his uh, inability to get Congress to pass his, his trillion dollar infrastructure deal, um, what it, it it was because you know this whole thing happened because he couldn't get this thing passed. He couldn't raise taxes. He couldn't get this spending bill through. Uh, if, if, if they had done it, if they had actually got all the spending done, then Virginia and all these different places around the country wouldn't have happened. Wow. Here's what he had to say about this. He added, people are upset and uncertain about a lot of things, including the pandemic, the job market, and the price of a gallon of gasoline. <laughs> okay, let's review. <laughs> people are upset and uncertain about the pandemic, okay? Our response to COVID-19, they're upset about that. Yeah, they are. They are upset about that. The job market, yeah. And, and, and why is the job market a mess right now? There's all kinds of jobs out there and nobody to fill them because we paid people to stay home. Again, something of our own doing and the price of gas. The price of gas, our own energy secretary is saying that there's nothing that we can do about it because we're held hostage to a cartel. Yes, we're held hostage because we're not energy um, independent anymore. We were under Trump, but at, as of day one, when Biden got into office, he, he basically closed down a lot of those those uh, natural gas and, and, and oil fields and the and, and, uh, um, oil that we got from them. And now we're not energy independent. All of these are man-made crises. And they are there because of what we've done to ourselves. Yes, people are upset about those things. And yes, now they're voting because now they've woken up. Now you may agree with me on this. You may disagree with with me on this. Definitely love to hear from you. And that, of course, can be done at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.